Hello. You have reached Uniquely Us Guild podcast with your host, Danny Rorty, and special guests, which will be named when the podcast starts. I want to thank you for coming to my podcast. I hope you enjoy this podcast, and I hope you get some insight on this podcast. Anyway, please like, follow, share, and subscribe. And now, off we go to the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm sorry for the long hiatus, like I said earlier about a week ago, but I do have a guest finally. Um, I'm sorry for the long wait, um, but this is Uniquely Us podcast, uh, a disability advocacy podcast that I run for um, out of Minnesota. Um, so uh, my guest today is Ardell Hudson. Yes. Hello. Uh, thanks for having me on your podcast, Danny. I've been looking forward to this interview. Yes. Hello, everybody out yeah. there. Yeah. So she's a good friend of mine. I've uh, I know her from the Cow Tipping Press, which is an organization that helps people with uh, disabilities kind of get their voices out and do creative writing um, uh, via Brian Boyce and Rachel Lieberman. Um, and that is also out of Minnesota, um, uh, Minneapolis area. So um, I want to give them a shout out to uh, to kind of help us uh, kind of get this together. So um, what do you think about this weather? It's just been... Uh, <laughs> un, un, uncertain. <laughs> I know that uh, it's usually March that determines how much longer we're going to have to go. Yeah. It either come in like a lamb, go out like a lion, yeah. or come in like a lion, go out like a lamb. And exactly. We're almost there, Danny. We are. Yeah, just the whole last week was fluctuating from like the 30s to the single digits, and it's just... Oh, yeah. Uh, it was a weird week. All right, so um, I have a few questions, a few icebreakers. Actually, a lot more than a few questions. But um, uh, 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 the good thing about this is um, I was able to give her the questions prior so she can kind of study her and get some answers for herself. So it's not pre-recorded, but it is pre, uh, pre, pro, pre-production pre type thing where I give them the questions so they can kind of review them and... And uh, get their get the best answers out. Okay, so uh, now here is my first question: What is the disability that you identify or you have? I have multiple head injuries, which I identify as traumatic brain injuries, and today uh, the term is called BI brain injury. BI, okay. Uh, what is your passion with helping individuals with autism or other disabilities? My passion is to encourage and help others with disabilities to identify their challenges and be able to address them in a rehabilitation or therapy setting to improve their quality of life. Good, good. Yeah. Um, so what is life like being an individual with a disability? As I think to myself, for me, it's sometimes difficult and challenging to get others to understand my person. The neurodiverse thinking aspect that comes with brain injury creates an inability to communicate as expected in everyday living. Another piece is understanding the challenges and learning the process that's involved in therapy and rehabilitation. Uh, I believe that that's pertinent that there's a match between the therapist provider and individual because it plays an important part role in the process of rehabilitation. I agree. Uh, and for myself, I've had... Uh, multiple head injuries for quite some time now and I've been in some type of therapy rehabilitation for the past 30 years and living with a disability I've learned 
that this piece plays a key role to the quality of my life too. Yeah. All right, so here's the first icebreaker. So if you had $10 million, what would you do with it and why? If I had $10 million, I would contribute a lot to nonprofit research and science for individuals with various types of autism because it's such a huge area that encompasses this particular disability. I would also contribute to nonprofit organizations supporting all persons with disabilities because I live with a disability and it's important to me. Yeah, it's a good good answer. I like that. Um, so um, next question is, what would you like to see the government do to help people with disabilities thrive? I would like to see the government have more activities with inclusive engagement to educate and help people better understand neurodiverse thinking and communication and communication if and communication ah good all right um so the next question is kind of along the same lines it says if you could talk to your political representative what two or three things would you like them to do to help people in their circumstances one i would uh say educate them on the process whatever the process is of their circumstances and more importantly to include them in that process and to recognize and respect that individual's abilities to make choices for themselves. Okay, cool. Uh, if there was anything you could, you could invent to make your life better or easier, what would it be and why? I would invent an institute where the study of neurodiverse communication um would include research and training involving real human subjects. I believe that this is a rich form of communication that many people with disabilities could benefit from. I agree. Yeah, um yeah, I've I've actually seen a couple out there that are asking for human human patients to kind of give you'll be compensated and all that stuff and I I kind of like that they're kind of going that route to kind of get uh, the uh, actual human inter inter interface and input on that, that subject. So I do agree that that's, uh -huh. a, that's think, a good thing to do. I think that more research and more interaction uh, with the, you know, encompassing the neurodiverse perspective, you know, with the exact uh, word because many persons with disabilities, you know, we do have a mind and in particular those with physical disabilities, more of a focus tend to be on the physical aspect rather than the thinking aspect. Correct. And with the neurodiverse thinking, the capacity to communicate with open doors for individuals working with persons with both uh, mental and physical disabilities. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the next one would be, what would you like to see in your school district that could benefit and help disabled children thrive in school? I would like to see teachers, providers, and staff with an acquired level of patience within a structured setting designed to accommodate the individual's disability. Example being uh, mostly or more all one-to-one -one interactions and communication with them, educating them about their disability yeah. and, you know, on their disability, giving them a chance to communicate as individuals individually with um, provide a, a person that's, you know, doing the therapy rehabilitation. Yeah. 
it's actually good. Um, all right, so here's a question that I think you would kind of like. Um, how would you like people to remember you in your life if you could choose something that is unique about you? Uh, I would like them to know that I'm a firm believer in God as I understand him and that my spirituality is very important to me and that I contributed to science and to the medical field to better understand the difference between brain injury and mental illness and how determination and tenacity can turn disabilities into abilities. Exactly, yeah. Because even though I've noticed that even though people with disabilities, they are better at certain things than other people. So it's they kind of, people with disabilities do kind of compensate also with their disability over an ability. So I agree with that, yeah. Definitely, uh, I believe that we would be able to be more inclusive, having a more inclusive attitude because it tends to be when people are working with people with disability, they have their own set ideas, training, or preconceived notion, yep. and their their decisions tend to be the most dominant, which is type of favoritism to less inclusive of the individual with the disability yep. being able to be heard or even being able to be a part of what the situation is or rehabilitation therapy what have you yeah i agree um all right uh lastly would you like to talk about our history or how we met if you are able to and what was your first impression of me danny i had taken a tipping cow writing class you were an apprentice in that class along with the teacher. I saw your extroverted personality. I saw how you took the bull by the horns. I saw how you engaged the students, how you communicated your different style of interacting using the cow tip and press model, which is exact words. Um, I saw you being out there being a go-getter and it appeared that you was more the teacher than the teacher, but now I understand that better having completed an apprenticeship with Kyle Tip and Press myself. And you helped me when I took the role as an apprentice. I was able to use the skills that I saw you use um, your first time. Let's see here. Uh, I had took a little notes myself. Um, the first, it, um, it helped me to understand and to see how I could be the best apprentice. And I saw other apprentices through taking classes with the Cal Tip and Writing Plus. And I think I got the most from you and seeing you from time to time and having this podcast and listening to some of your interviews. Um, I had a lot of respect for you, and I learned a lot from you, and I still do, Danny. Thank you. Much appreciated. I like that. Thanks. Um, almost made me tear up there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, wow. Uh, would you like to share information about you if you want people to be able to reach out to you or hit you up somehow? I have a website. I've been 
chalking at it. Um, I've been working on it. It's under construction. It has been for a while, and I've taken a number of different directions, and it's just open, and that is at ardellahudson.org, or you can email me at author at ardellahudson.org. Got it. Awesome. Um, so the last question is, uh, winding down, do you have any questions for me to answer? Yes. When can I meet your mother? I've heard wonderful things about her. And why don't you tell me a little bit more about what she does? So, uh, well, first of all, I, I have two of them right now. Uh, my mom mm -hmm. is the one that I'm more closer to, but... Um, my stepmom is uh, an executive director for Advancing States, which is helping people that are aging or disabled throughout the nation. And she kind of helps write bills and, 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 and does grant writing and stuff like that for, for um, giving you know, money to the, the government so that they can have groups and funding for things for people that are seniors or disabled or both. Um, and then my mom is retired. Uh, she lives in Lewistown, Montana. Um, she will be here uh, uh, the week of my birthday, so April 26th around there. So maybe I can plan on having you meet her then. She should be here for about five days or so. So um, I could probably see if you can come by one of those days and meet her That'd be pretty cool. I think she would really like you. Um, I don't know if you met her at the book reading, but um, she was there at one of the book readings, but I can't remember if it was the book reading with you guys or if it was the one after. But anyway, um, yeah, so um, we'll work on putting that on the board and seeing if we can schedule the time when she's in town. I don't have the dates exactly when she'll be here, but as soon as I do, I can reach out to you. And then yeah. we can plan a, a time to probably get coffee or something. I'll look forward yeah, to that. Definitely. I'll look forward to that. Definitely. I think you and her would have some good conversations too. So definitely. Um, so anyway, uh, thank you, Ardell, for being able to take time out of your day to come and do this interview. Um, uh, I, per se, do this interview not to get recognized, not to be popular. I do this to have people be able to give their voices on their concerns about today's politics and today's issues with people with disability and uh, kind of have their aspect of disability advocacy. Uh, the, the, the background between my, background about my Uniquely Us Guild was it was originally an autism group um, run by uh, the TAP. And then um, lo and behold, the COVID hit. And so I've been doing most of it on my own. I do have some autism group meetings uh, yeah, virtually and also um, trilogy days that I invite friends over to watch trilogies, but uh, that won't be starting until March um, at the earliest, April most likely, but, um, and, um, but uh, the, I kind of talked to, I, I'm now, um, this is actually for, let me restart. The podcast I'm doing is mainly because of Minnesota Lend program that I am in with uh, the U of M, University of Minnesota, um, and I'm using my resources as a disability advocate to get people who are disabled or people that work with people with disabilities on my podcast so they can kind of give their opinion on what they need, they think should kind of progress and, and happen in today's government. Um, and, and kind of get their story, backstory as well. So um, uh, I really appreciate you being able to take your time out of your day to listen to my podcast. Um, if you do listen to this, please uh, share and follow. Uh, my contact info will be in the description below. Uh, my email is uniquelyusguild at gmail.com. And I don't officially know my number off the top of my head. I just uh, got one that is able to receive and send texts as well as calls, um, but it's in the works, um, uh, and that will also be in the description below. 
if you have any other questions and concerns, please reach out to me. Um, and uh, I will leave the last bit for you to say, Ardell. Uh, thank you, Danny. You're listening to Uniquely Skilled Guide Podcast with your host, Danny Royalty. Royalty. Yeah. And I, your special guest, Ardell Hudson. Remember, be uniquely you so we can be uniquely us. Thank you for joining us. Thank uh, you. Signing off, guys. Follow, like, and subscribe and share. Thanks. Bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our first ever after podcast. It is a segment where I'm going to kind of let the people talk a little more in depth about certain questions that I have asked. So what they will do, they'll read the question that they were interested in kind of going a little more in depth with, and then they'll uh, kind of describe what they meant uh, via the question. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, you can kind of get a little more in depth uh, behind the scenes, kind of look at uh, the, 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 answer, the, the answer that they gave. So um, I'm here still with Ardell Hudson. And she's going to talk probably about two questions, maybe three, that she wanted to go a little more in depth with. Um, so I'm basically going to give this off to Ardell. You might hear me a couple times in the background. But uh, yeah, uh, this is Ardell's uh, time to shine. So Ardell, you got, the, you got the mic. Hi. Thank you, Danny. And hello. Glad to have you listening to this podcast the third question that Danny asked me, what is life like being an individual with a disability? I answered the question as I think to myself, for me, it's sometimes difficult and challenging getting others to understand my person. The neurodiverse thinking aspect that comes with brain injury creates for me an inability to communicate as expected in everyday living. Another piece is understanding the challenges and learning the process that's involved in therapy and rehabilitation. Myself, I've been in therapy and rehabilitation for about 30 plus years now. As I stated in the beginning, I'm a person with multiple head injuries. So over a period of time, the range of my life, there's been a number of different types of therapies ranging from speech, occupational, community therapy, quiet as it's kept. They have a therapy for most uh, activities and daily living. I've learned that the therapy and rehabilitation process is one of the most important processes for both people with long and short-term disabilities or abil disabilities that they were born with. I'm kind of uh, adamant about referring to disability as challenges. For myself, I like to think along the lines as challenges rather than disabilities. Because for me, disability speaks to I'm broken or something's wrong and I'm here for you to fix me or help me fix myself, help me fix myself. Not too often because they have a predetermined set way of administering therapy and rehabilitation based upon prior training and how long that therapist or specialist has been in the field. I want to make another point that it's important for there to be a match between 
the individual the individual with the challenges as well as the person because from the perspective of disability it tends to sound like I'm here for you to fix me or I'm here for you to help me get better whereas when I think to myself challenge it gives me a better perspective that I'm here to learn how to cope and function and live with this disability or challenge. And when I refer to it as a challenge, it gives me more, just a little more enthusiasm than disability. And also it opens the door for the therapist as well to be more accepting and to know that we both are working together instead of I'm coming here to be fixed and you're here to fix me or help me get fixed with whatever this disability may be now, be it physical or cognitive. Cognitive in particularly because I've worked with a number of different therapists and each one has a different way of doing things or a different style and there's various ways that tests and neuro perspective adapt adaptations to the rehabilitation and therapy process aside from all of that if the match isn't a good match or if one of the individuals are in the role of fixing and one of the individuals are in the role of I'm here for this help that only you could give. That kind of closes the door for the working together. Yep. It brings about a challenge that's uh that's that many times break down the communication process and the benefits that can arrive from the therapy itself is left in the in the dark when in fact each person the therapist and the individual have really in most cases given it given it all they got sometimes um and the outcome is each person uh each the people part not having all the benefits that could have arrived um myself i've been as i stated before in therapy for a number of years and so i've had the opportunity to work with a number of therapists. I've had situations where um, my therapy was brought to a complete halt. Be it the therapist no longer wanted to work with me or myself not wanting to work with that particular therapist. And so therefore, my therapy would stop um, for extended periods of time, which varied. Then I'd start back. Um, and in some cases, I ended up with another head injury due to circumstances, which brought about another entirely set of circumstances that was different from the original ones and the work that had been done with myself and the therapist. A number of different challenges as well. Many of most I had already worked on for a number of years and had gained 
some ground to have a better quality of life and to have a new voice and a voice that was heard sometime, a voice that wasn't heard, and sometime a voice that people didn't want to hear because they was there to do a job, I was there to get a service, and we won't even go into when COVID hit because COVID did a lot of things, not just for rehabilitation and therapy, it did a lot of things for everyone as a whole. People discovered things about themselves that they didn't know. The disability arena tended to, uh, for me, get more attention than it had has ever gotten before. We have many people that have switched occupations and careers or that have landed in the disability occupation of some sort, it's been good. It's been good because uh, science and research is learning more and the neurodiverse aspect, uh, which was another question Danny asked uh, if I had $10 million, it definitely would be to open an institute that incorporates the use of, not the use, that's, that doesn't sound good, which would incorporate the inclusiveness of individuals with disabilities and to better work with them that they would understand and they would be able to communicate on the level with the persons working with them so that the providers, etc., could understand better and having the individual with the challenges to be more inclusive and a part of the process. And I think that persons with disabilities would better benefit from that as well. I wanted to add, I had stated um, in that question, another of Danny's questions was, uh, what would I want to be remembered by uh, that's unique? Um, and in my answer, I had made a statement that I would like to contribute to science, um, to science and the American Medical Association um, more information or studies about persons with brain injury versus persons with uh, mental illness, be it organic or born with, because there's a distinct difference between the two. The person with the brain injury, and I learned this uh, through therapies and various works I've had with Sister Kenny Institute, it's now Courage Kenny, um, I learned a lot about, um, through working with my doctors and different therapists, the difference between mental illness and brain injury. Brain injury, my brain has the capacity to recover to a greater degree than mental illness because mental illness is more of an organic born with and brain injury tends to be something that happened to the brain. And in light of that, many uh, physicians, primary care in particularly, and some therapists are not aware of that gray area 
And that includes uh, psychiatrists, not as much, and some psychologists. There's a gray area between there. With the psychiatrists and the psychologists, they are working with individuals that have been prescribed the same med types of medication, psychotropic drugs that are being prescribed to people diagnosed in the mental health areas, which sometimes make it difficult to define the difference between the two because those particular medications have impacts and affect the brain in similar ways. Uh, the brain is the brain, whether it's with a person with mental, mental diagnosis and the person with the traumatic brain injury, okay? We have two brains here. We have two distinct different areas that have been impacted, two different diagnoses, and a lot of times the providers that's providing treatment, service, or therapy to the individual, sometimes that area is so gray until um, it's hard for the individual that's receiving the service to even detect at times. And I'll give an example. Myself, I read some of my medical records and they have mental illness in there. And I do have a psychiatrist. By the grace of God, I have a wonderful psychiatrist uh, who knows her stuff real well. And I don't think she have a problem distinguishing between the two. But uh, we it took years for me to discover that about her. Having worked with her for a short time in that gray area, and I've had uh, a number of different psychiatrists. I have not a number of different psychiatrists, uh, psych psychiatric practitioners. Um, I have a, a, a excellent, a great, well-known, I won't mention any names, psychiatrist. Nevertheless, I work more with the practitioner rather than the psychiatrist. Uh, I found that many, many um, doctors and special specialty providers, many of them have practitioners, and the practitioners are the ones that generally work with the patients more than that particular uh, provider in that specialty. Mm -hmm. With traumatic brain injury, um, I work directly with my psychologist. I have for years. I've worked directly with uh, OT, physical therapy, physical therapists, uh, for concussions, um, I have uh, multiple concussions as well. I must say, I'm a miracle. Even my doctors say so. Um, I was in a coma for six months. Uh, I have a gunshot wound to the head, took a stray bullet. Uh, I've been hit in the head with a hammer. Uh, on a job site by a male, male colleague, accident. I don't know how an accident could happen like that. Nevertheless, it did. Uh, still had a knot on my head to show. Um, I 
fell and received a concussion. I almost put my eye out. Uh, I have a scar in my face pertaining to that. So I am a person with multiple head injuries, but with um, excellent, excellent staff, excellent providers, multiple therapists, and millions of dollars of medical costs and expenses and dedicated people to their fields and a higher, higher power greater than myself who I choose to call God and I speak God as I understand him. And I like to add before I close that spirituality, family, working with doctors, those that are in those areas and looking at life as challenges rather than disabled, disability. And take the word I can't out of your vocabulary and there's no telling where you'll go with your challenges. I agree. I agree. It's just kind of that thing that I did with my autism is like, I'm not disabled. I'm, uh, what did I say? Uh, I'm not disabled. I'm mislabeled. Mislabeled. So like, mislabeled. I so agree. like what it is, is like, um, it, it's not a, it's it, being, having autism isn't being disabled. It's being like, uh, having some ability that a lot of people don't have. So it's, it's like being mislabeled because the fact that uh, there's organizations out there that want to cure autism, but I don't think autism really is something that you want to cure. I mean, it's one of those things that we are just programmed differently neurologically. And sometimes you kind of need that in, in work and other fields out there because you go to work and people that are neurotypicals see things one way, but people with neurodiverse minds, and especially those with autism, see things more literally, analytically, stuff like that. And so they can kind of can see in between the lines. And that's what I like about my uh, my ability or challenge, uh, as you say, is because um, the, the, that even though I have autism and I, I do have some uh, social uh, um, awkwardness when it comes to like being out and about, um, like not knowing how to pick up non-social cues, because that's what I was about kind of saying is sometimes I don't know if the person really wants to talk or not, so I don't I don't pick up on the non-verbal cues. So um, it's, it's one of those things that um, being able to see things and how we do things in a more analytical and literal way, um, I can kind of work with like improving production, for instance, at our warehouse. I've already have implemented five or six ideas through my job that have successfully been implemented and have done a lot. Um, one of them kind of we implemented and then it kind of we put it on the back burner. But I mean, it's just one of those things that it's just kind of nice that um, it, when you have somebody as with, with a mind that sees things differently, uh, I think that was more an ability or mislabeled ability rather than a disability, you know? So yeah. that's why I kind of am on the same ballpark as you by saying challenges. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a challenge because I still challenge myself to um, kind of still be normal. No, again, normal is a construct, but kind of be neurotypical uh, to a point. But again, with my autism, I there's some things that I don't really understand uh, socially or or uh, things as well. So it's just one of those things that I um, I agree with you when it comes to seeing yourself as disabled. It's, that's, a, a, to me, a more negative term, uh, a more pessimistic term, I would yeah. say, 
And if you say challenges or uh, or mislabeled ability rather than a disability, that's what I kind of say is like, I just want it. I don't want to have it think of me as something that's putting me down. It's something that's going to challenge me to do better. And that's what I like about your thing, saying that it's a more of a challenge, because I actually feel that. Like, I feel that sometimes we can overcome those. Sometimes we do overcome certain boundaries and, and, and borders when it comes to our disability. And those are the challenges we have to face. And it's just one of those things that I, I really appreciate you kind of, you know, letting people know that. Mm -hmm. And um, especially having to be in therapy for over 30 years, I, I think you kind of got the the gist of how how the, the system works too so uh, yeah, yeah yeah of course and many times i've felt abandoned in yeah. that system and many times i've felt i've felt uh, encouraged yeah. again it depends on the match with the therapist and the individual and how much am i willing to put in and how much that uh, provider is willing to put in, which is contingent in most cases upon the person that they're working with. Danny, I agree with you with the mislabel piece. Um, and I think that everyone in this life brings something unique to this world. Um, science has been the leader and the decider of what's what as far as how people think, how they react. It's been a lot of work done in that area and there's still a lot to be done and in particularly with autism. Yep. And a couple of others that's their brain injury mm -hmm. being another that's still a lot of work to be done um, around the areas of inclusiveness. And if they incorporated more inclusive uh, inclusiveness of the individual in the practice yep. rather than compounding them with the practice from their training, uh, schooling, being open and willing to get out of the box a little bit. Yep. And some do. I've been fortunate to have some really good therapists as far as I'm concerned, they all are good because if it wasn't a match, that doesn't mean that the therapist was bad mm -hmm. or that doesn't mean that uh, I was bad or the individual who was receiving the services. It's a matter of what each is willing to put in and whatever they're putting in, what is that based up on? Is yep. that based up on personal? Is it based up on uh, training and learning? Or is it based up on personality clash? Um, or is it based up on what they've read about you been diagnosed with? and everybody's opinion mm -hmm. that's worked with you, that's written there, which you have no idea of, and you have no idea of why they are responding or reacting to you in the style or context that they, do. That yeah. they are. Yep. Um, when I read uh, Mental Illness, um mental illness notes taken and the label having been put in my medical file some time ago uh, and then others that work with me 
I found that in the therapy process through all of these years that, you know, I have some people, I mean, not some people, pardon my um, English, I have some that have worked with me from the mental health perspective as opposed to the brain injury perspective. It's only when I worked closely with Sister Kenny Brain Injury Program or Minnesota Brain Injury Alliance. That's where my case manager and those are the persons whom del the delivery, whom is responsible for the delivery of my services. Uh, I received DD and some other things. And I found that with the delivery of services from those folks and working with Sister Kenny Brain Institute, Brain Injury Institute, which is now Courage Kenny, um, there, there's a, a difference in the delivery of services, the delivery that I receive from the providers, uh, had I not been a part of that, perhaps I wouldn't be as far along as I have, I am coming to grips with the challenges. And then I'm a senior as well. I'm uh, 64 years old. Um, it's, it's, it's just been a lot. It's, yeah. it, it's been a lot growing up, growing old, um, uh, head injury, starting over again, learning myself, um, discovering things about myself and discovering that I'm a different person. Uh, if you read my bio in the um in some of the books that my work is in my writing is in tip and cow press have published my bio it starts i woke up one day not knowing and realizing that i was a different person a yep. different person that i had to embrace that i never grew up with and it goes on to speak a little more in depth about what that's like. Um, I feel that, you know, people read that, uh, but sometimes they don't really understand and they don't know that they don't understand. Yep. And I've learned to be patient with that because that plays an important part in the work that we'll be doing together or we done or have done, which will have an impact on the quality of my life, uh, their life, their lives, they're living in and they're what's called, however they identify themselves as perfect, normal, well, healthy, or no challenges or not. We put it mm -hmm. that way, use the word challenge. But in actuality, everybody has a challenge of some sort, mm -hmm. of some sort. It's the label that's been put on it. And it's the mindset that's been this this developed about it. Yeah. Well, we're at our thirty-three and thirty seconds ah, mark, yes. and so uh, we're gonna kind of wrap it up here. Um, I do want to let you know that uh, you can find some of her books on uh, Amazon. Uh, look up Cow Tipping Press. The logo is a cow that's driven dri uh, drawn in black that's slightly tipping um and they have um the books that they sell on 
Amazon and they're about $5, I believe, each. Um, so um, right now, I don't believe you can see who the authors are in each book on the description. Um, but if I'm able to find out which books she's in later on, I can also add that to the description um, in this uh, part as well. Uh, so that you'll be able to maybe check out her uh, writings. Um, I, I do want to mention there was one writing that I really liked was with her sisters about uh, the broken window. And that was uh, that one. That one really was a good one. And uh, we're not going to go into it, but I, I really recommend you you looking into her writings um, uh, and her book. Um, uh, again, there's going to be a collaboration of artists in these books. So she's there's like anywhere from eight to 10 people in these books. Uh, so she, it's going to be a little hard to kind of find out which page she's on, but I do recommend you checking out her work. She's very good. Um, her, her writings have, uh, always been really close to my heart. Um, I, I really like her, her, uh, way of writing. Um, uh, especially when I taught with B, um, at the Creighton Durham Hall, it was, um, I really looked forward to typing up her work and just here kind of seeing what uh, work she had. And it was, it was a lot of fun to be able to, uh, to see that. So anyway, thank you, Danny. Definitely. Danny, thank you. Uh, yeah. Before we close, I would like to talk a little bit more about Cal tip and press. Correct. Uh, where I met you at yeah. and uh, where I uh, learned a little bit about you. Um, Cal Tip and Press is a platform where folks with disabilities, there we go, there we go, yeah. uh, people with challenges, uh, all different sorts, both physical, uh, cognitive, and it's a platform that allows individuals to write using... Uh, using the philosophy of their own words, using the model of their exact words, exact only. words oh. only, exact words only, and using exact words in everyday life and all around is a little different. And it lends itself to disregard of grammar or... Oh a typical way of writing and it really allows the writer to express themselves using the author's exact words and that's really one of the only platforms that I've known that I've been involved in yep. with that model and I tell you that model has helped me both intrinsic and extrinsic and it's been an excellent vehicle to get my voice out yep. and I hope you do get some books and read some of my writings and I'm working on a book myself uh COVID slowed things up and other projects came about but you look for my book I'm still working on it. And uh, go to my website, ardellahudson.org. And you can email me at author at ardellahudson.org. Thank you. Yep. And the last thing I want to say is that um, if you ever want to hit us up with any suggesting uh, people you want me to interview... Um, I can look into getting, um, yeah, getting um, people on there. Uh, maybe, maybe a state representative or something. If you are interested, and we want me to inter uh, interview them as well, um, I can do that. Just uh, let me know if you want to hear from certain people. Um, celebrities will be kind of hard, but um, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much, Ardell, for being here. Thank and you. Uh, thank you guys. So I'm going to leave it to Ardell to do the closing uh, statement. All right. Thank you for having me again, Danny. You're listening to Uniquely Style Guide Podcast with your host, 
Danny Royalty, and I, your special guest, Ardell Hudson. Remember, be uniquely you so we can be uniquely us. Signing Thanks out. for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Hello, everybody. This is Danny Rorty, and I want to personally thank Ardell Hudson for contributing her piece this week. Um, I hope she knows that I appreciate the gifts. Um, the prayer shawl was much liked. I really liked the prayer shawl. And apparently so does Tyson. He's lying on it right now. Um, and then second, I want to appreciate you for the Egyptian mythology. Um, I mentioned, uh, I believe, in class, when the way I was teaching, that I do like mythology. And maybe that's what triggered your thought process to getting me an Egyptian mythology book. So I do appreciate that. I'm going to take a little gander at that um, probably this weekend. But thank you, Ardell, for coming on to my podcast. Please like, follow, share, and subscribe. And uh, get the voices heard. Thank you. Remember... Be uniquely you so you can be uniquely us.